Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPolcito, and we are joined by friend of the pod at BasketBot on Twitter. How we doing? We are doing great. Woo! What a win. The Celtics come out, beat the Milwaukee Bucks 108-95, tie the series 3-3, going back to Boston for Game 7 here. There is a reason that the Celtics fought for that number two seed, and that was to get home court advantage, heading back to Boston. Could not be happier at this point. But we've got a lot to talk about in today's podcast. So to get started, we're going to follow the podcast, same as usual, run through player of the game, run through most of the highs. Uh, We'll touch on some negatives real quick because that was a very short topic. Uh, we're going to look for look towards Game 7 here. Uh, but I'll shoot it over to you uh, for player of the game. Who do you got? Let's go Celtics. I got Jason Tatum with a plus 21 from the floor. 17-32, 53% field goal percentage. Seven threes. Let's go. Unreal game for Jason Tatum. Like, there was, there was no point in today's game where he was out there where you're like, okay, Jason Tatum is not the man. How many clutch shots did he have down the stretch today? Just Dude, an unreal performance. so good that Lopez couldn't even be on the floor because he was looking for him. And then he shot the one. My favorite shot was the one where he shot it right in Lopez's face. Yep. Dude, okay, so, so look at it this way. Jason Tatum had nine points after the first, 18 at halftime, so had another nine points in the second, followed it up with 13 points in the third, and 15 points in the fourth quarter. Like, what a what a legendary performance. Just, we just watched a classic oh. here. Like, we're going to – this is a classic. A, like, unreal game. Like, in Utah, like, it's not even just that he's, like, going out and scoring. He went on a stretch where he scored 11 straight Celtics points. Like, every time the Celtics needed a basket, he was there. Was out in effect tonight. It was was crazy. It was absolutely insane what he was able to do tonight. And all of them, all of them came in the clutch. Like, the Milwaukee Bucks, you got to give them a lot of credit. They came out, battled in that fourth quarter. Uh, we still outscored him 26-25. Some of that was garbage time because we actually did extend the lead Like once we threw in the bench. Uh, so they actually did outscore us in the fourth if you take out that bench production. But like Jason Tatum, every time the Bucks got within six, Jason Tatum scored. The Bucks would get within six again, Jason Tatum would score. The Bucks would bring it to six again, Jason Tatum would score. And eventually... The Bucks just couldn't do it. They couldn't keep up with Jason Tatum. He made with the timely timeouts, man. Like, I mean, he was on it with the rotations today. I mean, I got to say, he may had some beautiful adjustments. Uh, he took out who wasn't working. He put in who he thought was going to work at the time. I mean, even Thice, I mean, you could say Thice, he was solid tonight. I mean, everybody was solid tonight. Derek White, solid tonight. Peyton Pitchard, like, 
he didn't really do anything, but he made his presence known. I mean, Payne Pritchard was a minus two, but yet when he was out there, I could tell. You know, like everybody that was on the floor tonight, I could tell there was a lot of there was every anybody that was on the floor tonight. It felt purposeful, meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really solid game. Um, So listen, obviously, Jason Tatum is the player of the game. There's no ifs, ands or buts about that. But for sake of the show, I got to give a second guy. And that second guy tonight has to be Marcus Smart. Right? Like 40 minutes tonight, 21 points, five rebounds, seven assists, five of nine from three. So you want to talk about a guy stepping up in a major way. This is the same Marcus Smart that everybody and their mother was blaming for last last game's loss. I'm not I came on this podcast and said that I don't agree with that. I don't think that he was the reason that the Celtics lost. But the criticism was there. And Marcus Smart came out tonight absolutely firing on all cylinders. At the end of the first quarter, 14 points on 5 of 7 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3. That's after the first quarter. So you want to talk about a guy coming out and just giving it his all? That's Marcus Smart in a nutshell. Okay, so for me, for me, my second... I know this is going to be crazy here, but I'm going to give it to Al Harford. I'm going to tell you why. He may have only had two points. Isn't he that crazy? Two points, but he had 10 rebounds. He had 10 rebounds and four timely blocks on yeah, it. Huge. 10 rebounds, four timely blocks. I mean, like, Al Harford was doing everything tonight. Yeah. Screens, passes. He was what's that called the maypole where people like run the streamers down and they they run around it with the, with the streamers and you go around it. Al Harford was that tonight. I'm not sure I have any idea what you're talking about, but we'll let it ride. We'll let it ride. <laughs> I, I think it's you know the 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 here we go around the merry go. I can't you know what I can't think of it, but like, it's, it's, I think it's called the maypole or something like that. Sure. There's the sure. streamers and people people run around it with the ribbons and they go around in a circle. He was that tonight. Yeah, he no, honestly, and you can take out even the offensive side of the house. Defensively, he was just unbelievable. Like what he was able to do, because in reality, the difference between this game and the rest, Grant Williams didn't play nearly as much. Like he was in foul trouble. Uh, for a good chunk of this game, only played 28 minutes. Uh, so a lot of the responsibilities fell on, fell on Al Horford. But yeah. t- even even outside of Al, the next guy up was Marcus Smart. <laughs> like both yeah. of those guys, which I, I don't know. I, to me, it's so crazy. Like we all talk about Marcus Smart being the defensive player of the year. And obviously he is just sensational on that end of the floor. But the fact that it's even possible to throw out a guard of his size up against Giannis, who's got, I don't know, what, seven inches on him uh, and about 13 inches on his wingspan. And Marcus Smart went out and bodied him. Like how many jump balls, Mark? You saw like Al Harford jumping in the floor for the jump ball. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Wow. 
So, like, yeah, I mean, all of these guys stepped up. We talked about Tatum, we talked about Smart, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, while, you know, he did struggle at times. He only ended the game with two turnovers, but my God, he looked like he was going to turn the ball over 19 times tonight with some of his dribbling. But this doesn't it feel, doesn't it feel like he had more turnovers, even though he yes he didn't? yes, and I'm fine with it. Like clearly, it's a good thing that he didn't turn the ball over as many times as he did. Uh, but Jalen Brown tonight came up clutch in a couple huge spots too. You talk about like the Jays coming up big. He had uh, I don't know five points in the fourth, but he also had a huge third quarter. He had nine points in that third quarter. Uh, so Jalen Brown tonight, like you look at the efficiency, like he only took sixteen shots tonight. Like he was seven of sixteen, four of seven from three. Kind of struggled from the free throw line, but the rest of his stats are there. Five rebounds, four assists. Like, the guy played a solid game. One block. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, overall, you look at it, you you watch this, and from an eye test perspective, it looked like he was really struggling to keep hold of the ball. But he didn't turn the ball over, which I guess is a good thing, which is a good thing, obviously. But Yeah, he played real solid tonight. the The only thing that I would like to see more of is just shot attempts. Like, in an elimination game, and obviously, I don't know, maybe you can talk me off the ledge here, but Jason Tatum obviously was going off. But wouldn't you like to see Jalen Brown with more than 16 shot attempts in an elimination game? Uh, It's tough. That's tough because it's kind of like, whoa, what if he did? But then he has the ball more, and then he bounces the ball off his knee, and then we go to a six-point and then a four-point lead and then a two-point lead and you know it's like I'm I'm with you there I feel like this was just more it's kind of strange I know we're going to highlight Tatum but this is one of those times where I feel like the whole team stepped up you know yeah. and I get, I get what you mean like Tatum and Jalen they're usually looked upon as 1A 1B but I think it really should always be like Tatum's Tatum's game and like for once the thing I liked about tonight that we saw that was different was it wasn't the fact that Tatum was making those shots it was the fact that Tatum took it upon himself to initiate the offense he wasn't waiting for somebody to give it to him he said I'm gonna go and take it and that's the difference from the last what five games or four games now like Tatum took over the game but this to me feels like the most like a team effort. I, I know it's crazy. Like Tatum had the game, but I really feel like it's because he saw that his team was struggling. But you know, I see Derek White. Derek White had some great shots. Marcus Smart, great shots. Al Harford, he had the two, but he also had the blocks, the rebounds. Um, Grant Williams, only two points, but he was also guarding Giannis. You know, it's like kind of struggling with that, but. <laughs> But yeah, he was. And and that's I guess that's what I mean is like yeah, Jason Tatum did what he had to do to put us over the edge, but this felt more like the most team effort. And I get what you mean by Jalen should have probably had more attempts, and you probably want to see more driving kicks getting 
getting both those guys going. But, you know, from the last four months now, almost four months, like it always felt like Jalen was the opener and Tatum just, you know, takes a step back. He sees Jalen's cooking and then he takes a step back. And then what ends up happening in the third and fourth quarter is Tatum takes over and closes the game, right? Yeah. This is one of those games where Jalen kind of struggled a little bit, and then he looked to defer to Jalen. And it, and when he deferred, it was working. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you got a great, great third quarter from Jalen, and that's really all we needed was just continue to build that lead. And Jalen Brown helped in a huge way that third quarter. So, listen, I'm not – I get it when you have a guy like Jason Tatum that, you know, top five, top ten player in the NBA, whatever you want to throw him in there. Like, he was sixth in the MVP voting, so he's up there. When you have a guy like Tatum going off, I get it. Like, defer to him a little bit. Uh, to me, like, that's, that's like the only negative from Jalen Brown's game today is, like, maybe a little bit more than 16 shot attempts. Like, Marcus Smart had 16 shot attempts. Like, if Marcus Smart shooting 16 times, Jalen Brown should be shooting more than 16 times. And I don't I know. i got to admit, too, I mean, who, who saw Marcus Smart coming out hot from three? I mean, Jesus. Unreal game. Like, seriously, just unreal game for Marcus Smart. I was, I was so impressed with the way that he played offensively, obviously defensively. Like, that kind of goes without saying at this point, but... I mean, Marcus Smart was what fifty five percent from three with five of nine. I mean, yep. that's amazing. That's amazing. It's great. It's great. And and the thing was though, he you could see him calming himself down. Like he he was like, oh, I'm gonna take it. He missed the one, and he said, I'm not gonna do that no more. He just stopped. He just stopped right then and there. And then you saw him passing. Like Marcus Smart, very much is the one tonight that we needed him to be which was the 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 the, um facilitator yep but when they passed it to him they said you shoot that and he shot it and and like and he went for it and it and it looked good every time like honestly there was only the one where he hit front rim and it looked bad but all the other ones were in rhythm yep yeah no absolutely the other the other guy tonight like you brought him up earlier Derek white like, this is a guy that just does not get enough credit from Boston fans. And you look no at the way. stat sheet, and it's not its not a crazy night. Like, he was 3 of 9 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3. We get that. Like, his shooting, not 100% there. But what he did elsewhere, like, 9 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. And arguably, one of the biggest defensive plays, taking that charge on Giannis to get his third foul. Yeah, like, and we're and and we already know how hard it is to get Giannis to get fouled to begin with, and 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 a little side note, I mean Giannis looks gassed, but Derek White though, man, like every time he was switched on Giannis, you saw it a couple times. There were a couple times where he saw Derek White in front of him, and he said, "I'm gonna defer." Yeah, dude, Derek White is so good for this team. I've like I've said it so many times, but I tweeted this out earlier, like. Up until, like, prior to today's game, he was a, I, wa- I want to say it was plus 19, now I'm blanking on the stat, but through the first five games of the series, he was a plus 19, which was a team high, and he was holding his opponents to 30% from the field. Like, and tonight, he added to that with a, pl- with a plus 9, which is the, sec- the third highest on the team. 
So Derek White, from a plus-minus perspective, he is like the king of it. And a lot of people want to give him crap for not being able to shoot that well. When that's And that's fair. It's a fair argument. He's not a great shooter. But whenever he's on the floor, he's making the right plays, offensively and defensively. And like that charge on Giannis in transition is a huge thing that he does all the time. So like he's just making all of the right plays. I'm a huge Derek White fan, if you can't tell. Me, me too, honestly. Like, I, I'm one of those ones that, like, have kind of compared him to Hayward at Light, you know, like the Mr. Pib to Hayward's Dr. Pepper. Sure. You know, like, like I know it's a silly uh, analogy, but it's because it's true. I mean, yes, he's not as good in the mid-range like Hayward is with the little turnaround uh, fadeaway jumper that Hayward had mastered there. But you know what, though? Derek White's floater, pretty good. And uh, other than that, I mean, he does almost all the same things that Hayward does. I mean, we it's kind of funny. Last year, we got Evan Fournier, and Evan Fournier was supposed to be the Hayward role. And I feel like it was more the Hayward offensive role, not the defensive role. This feels more like the Hayward defensive role, with a little bit of offense sprinkled in. And I'll take defense over offense. I mean, I know that offense wins games, but, I mean, if you just smother a team like that, uh, you know, uh, what was it, the Los Angeles Rams-Patriots game where it was just defense, just smothering defense for, like, four quarters, uh, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. So, listen, I want to talk about a couple other things from – you know, a a holistic perspective. Offensive rebounds. This is something that the Celtics have gotten absolutely destroyed on the last couple games, right? Was it 17 offensive rebounds last game for Milwaukee? Tonight, the Celtics actually won that battle. We had eight offensive rebounds. We held Milwaukee to only seven. And like, I'm not going to sit here and say that Seven offensive rebounds is like holding them, and that's a great job because it's still a lot. But for this Milwaukee team that is so big and that has absolutely destroyed us on that end, that's a huge stat if you're the Celtics. It it it, it really is. And on top of the fact, like it just even though, like honestly, it's crazy how we ran Lopez off the floor. You know, and it's like you can't tell me that that didn't affect the rebounds, you know, and it didn't affect like the, like Bobby Portis, nothing. Giannis, maybe the only one who was getting rebound putbacks. Everyone else boxed out tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, Giannis, you're never going to keep him off cleaned the boards. Up after all these games. Yeah. Like you're never going to keep Giannis off the boards. Like he had 20, <laughs> he had 20 rebounds tonight. That's how like one, it's, how about the one where Al Harford blocked him and then he immediately um, somehow magically the ball went right back to him and he put it back. He's he's ridiculous, and, and it it like really and I said this in, in our like Twitter chat. He's probably like the most likable human being. Like all of his interviews, everything is hysterical. Like he goes up at the post game, does like a dad joke. Like he's just such a likable human being. But I cannot stand watching him play basketball. <laughs> there I, is. A- I gotta admit, man. Like I know. I okay. So I'm gonna admit this. I was going for the Bucks because I wanted that kind of team 
to win last year, right? Over, over, over the Suns and anybody else, right? Um, I just couldn't stand the Suns, and I, I wanted the Bucks to win, right? Everybody, when their team is eliminated, they they pick up a new team, right? Sure. So, so I gotta say this though. This this series has kind of made me not like Giannis. He <laughs> seems kind of like a fake nice guy. Uh, like uh, I know, I know, but I'll, I'll give the reason why. Right? It, I know his. It's like he comes off kind of like he's trying to be cute. You know, like you were saying. Um, but like after the whole Marcus Smart thing, and they asked him, "What were you thinking about when you were laying there on the ground?" And he goes, "I was thinking about the refrigerator if it was open. I was thinking about if the coffee maker was on. And, you know, I was thinking about what I got to do tomorrow. You know, I got and like that. And I'm just like, I'm just kind of like, ah, you know, like yeah, no, yeah, I get it, I get it. It's it kinda, it's, it's like no props to us at all." No props in a win against us at all. Like, Honestly, we, though, we, I like that. Uh, I like that part, though. I don't think that NBA players should be giving props to other teams as much. I guess that, I guess that kind of shows the difference between a Celtic and any other team. Is like we will be like credit to credit to Milwaukee. You know, Ime will say credit to Milwaukee and the adjustments. You know, whether whether or not he means it or not, it's just the fact that you say it. Yeah, but like. But, like, it's just the way that Giannis went about it that it's kind of like, bro, you goofing on us. And to be fair, tonight would have been an elimination night if we wouldn't have blown the 14-point lead in the last game. Yep. Yeah, it would have. And that part's extremely frustrating. I mean, this, this realistically, this is a series that either team could have won in four games. <laughs> Or five games, maybe not. Yeah, isn't not not wild? four. Isn't that wild? This has literally turned into like a. I used to I used to think of it as a a rock fight, and to me, it, it really is just water balloons versus squirt guns. It's ridiculous. This it's whole like, this series just, has taken five years off my life. At this point, when you look back and you go, "Wow, we really could have won game one. We really could. We won game two. We really could have won with the little bunny at the end, game three. Yep. You know, and it's like. Celtics could have won this one in four. And may, sure, maybe. Maybe they were tired. Maybe they were expecting the Nets and not this gritty series. But this really is a classic series. And at this point, taking it to game seven, this is the real Eastern Conference Finals right here. I know that we got to, whoever comes out of this got to go up against Miami. But Miami and Philly were not Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, and no, for sure, for sure. Of, I know there's a lot of Miami fans out there that'll be like, "Yeah, but Black Bam bought, blocked you in the bubble, man." Like, you know, and you're whatever, and like all that. The way that they try and troll us, like on on the internet. Uh, but to quote Dave Chappelle, Twitter's not a real place, so it shouldn't matter. <laughs> real, realistically, uh, the way the way that we've been playing. With Rob, even without Rob, I see us beating Miami if we went up against them. Well, let's let's get to that after <laughs> after Game Seven, after we beat Milwaukee here. Uh, but last last thing that I want to talk about from a from a good perspective, fast break points. Milwaukee is a team that is elite in fast break, mostly because they have Giannis. Uh, 
only 15 fast break points tonight for him. And a lot of it came off of the fact that we just like did not turn the ball over much. Uh, this is, I think it's the only game in the series that we turn the ball over less than 10 times, which is not a great stat to begin with. Uh, but the fact that it happened now, I guess, is good. <laughs> like, it's better. It's, we're, I'd rather it happen now than never. Um, yes. But realistically, like, holding them to 15 fast break points in a game, I'm going to take that all day. And there were a couple things that the Celtics did tonight from, like, a defensive standpoint, in transition, outside of transition, um, that I love. And it's continuing to give Giannis the three. And obviously Giannis hit one, he hit two last game, whatever, right? These are shots that I'm willing to give him. Even one time late in the shot clock today, like he was forced to take a heavily contested corner three with Marcus Smart basically in his face. Like the Celtics defense swarming. Like only 95 points for the Bucks today. That's a huge, huge defensive game. And it shows like the fact that Giannis is taking these threes being forced to take these threes shows how good this defense is. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm super happy with the way they played today. Super happy. The, the biggest thing, like it's pretty weird, right? Like we're used to the last three months of Celtics basketball and it's clean, crisp ball movement, lots of dribble drives, lots of switching, lots of, uh, uh, driving to the rim, lots of screens to get guys open. This is the first game that it feels like we actually played Celtics basketball. It's the first. So, it's the first game that we played four complete quarters. That's for sure. Isn't that strange though? Like it's really weird to see us go and dribble drive. And you know, uh, and you know what rim, though? And, like it's like they had to get over the fact that they were getting beat up. Or whatever. I don't know what it is, but it's like they just had to get over it. Like that first game, you go back and watch it, it just looked really ugly. It's like as if they were expecting the Nets, you know, and the Nets with their I, a finesse to them. You know, they're more of a finesse team, you know, and the Bucks are much more stand and take it and get hits and get drives and get blocks. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this is the first time since the Nets game. I have. I mean, even actually, I gotta say, since the season that we looked like us during the Nets series, we didn't really look like us. A lot of the times, especially in the third quarter, it would kind of result in ISO ball. And even though we swept them, it it. I mean, number one, game one, miraculous win. Game two, uh, game two, good team win. Game three, game four. Like we swept them, but it didn't. None of it ever felt like dribble drives, ball movement. Yeah. Like there was there was ball movement, but it felt like it's like okay, cool. You're gonna put Kyrie on me. Guess what? I'm gonna drive to the rim. Yeah. You know, and, and there's no that mid- was most uh, of that series. Set, was that? That was a lot of the net series. It was. I'll agree. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, and with the Bucks, the Bucks are big. They're strong. They're tall, but it feels like you put Grayson Allen, Connaughton, or George Hill now, right now, currently, after the third game, after the third 
Al Harford had two amazing games in a row, and it felt like that's what it took to wake up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like, hey, guys, get out of your heads. Take the hits. Drive to the rim. Like, wake up. I'm 35, and I'm doing this. You guys are half my age. Yeah. Um, now, Now it looks like whenever Connaughton, Grayson Allen, or George Hill are on the floor, that's who they're gunning for. And a little bit, dude, that sidestep, I was like, I literally called it out. It's I back. said, Jason Tatum's going left, and then he hit a three. I mean, man, and the Jordans he was wearing, I was like, man, he wearing the black and gold Jordan 36s <laughs> with the gum bottoms. Let's go. Let's go. All right, so so listen, I want to I wanna transition here and talk about Game 7 for a little bit. Um, before we dive into kind of the, the keys for game seven here, I want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I want to tell you a little bit about my favorite sponsor, Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Greens Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is, all Venture Greens Nutrition products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States and extensively third-party tested for quality. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com and use this special promo code for a discount off your purchase. All right, so let's dive into the second half here. Uh, Game 7, expectations. Home teams win Game 7 76% of the time. And I know stats are probably overrated at this point because my the stat that we were all talking about after last game was that the winner of Game 6 uh, or the winner of Game 5 when it's tied 2-2 goes on to win 83% of the time. Uh, that stat, we're throwing out the window now because we're past that. Uh, so... Keys to Game Seven. I'll pass it over to you here. What are what are the main tipping points? What are the things the Celtics need to do? What are the things the Celtics need to avoid in Game Seven? First things first. Take care of the ball. Take care of the ball. No sloppy turnovers. No balls off the knee in that in in the the out of bounds area. No uh, last minute 
take the time to dribble drive like none of that take care of the ball number two turnovers but no no fast break turnovers there's a difference between like take care of the ball and then you get like you throw it out of bounds and then they set it up but there's like the live ball turnovers live ball turnovers yeah no no live ball turnovers no no fast breaks like no fast breaks no live ball turnovers definitely more ball movement definitely drive to the rim it worked for them tonight it's worked for them every single time like don't be afraid of the contact i get it oh and if you don't get the call get up off the floor and get back and transition that's a killer on defense it's a killer that happened last game it happened like four times where tatum grant jb they're all caught they all didn't get a foul call they wanted and it led to an open shot and that cannot happen and honestly it didn't it didn't really happen tonight i think maybe once or twice we saw that happen tonight so I'm happy with that, uh, but you're right. Like, it's something that needs to be cut off if we're planning on making a run here. Definitely box out. I mean, I don't care if they're jumping all over you. Box out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it worked tonight. You saw it. Everybody was boxing out, no matter what. No matter who it was, box out. So, box out, no transition points. Take care of the ball, ball movement, drive and kicks, drive and kick. You don't got the first one, drive and kick again. You don't got the second one, drive and kick again. If it's not working, move the the ball around the perimeter. I mean, that's literally going to be the key, like, for for this next game. I mean, you got to play tight and crisp. Yeah. So I'm kind of going a different route. I agree with every single point that you just made, and I'm not going to say that those aren't keys. But I'm predicting that this is the first Jays game. Because we have not really, like, honestly, this is the first game that Jason Tatum really just took over. Uh, But Jalen Brown wasn't really a, a huge factor. It's not that he was bad. We talked about that. It's not that he was bad. It's just that he wasn't a massive factor outside of the third quarter. I'm predicting game seven, both of them at 30 plus. Like, this is going to be another 30-by-30 30 30 game for the Jays. And I think Marcus Smart doesn't have the shooting night that he has, but he'll go out there and have eight assists. Like, the big things for me for the next game, like, we need the Jays to take over. You look at the way this series is being played right now, like, that you've got a lot of emphasis being put on Jason Tatum. And obviously tonight he took advantage of it. Uh, Wesley Matthews has done a great job defending him. So you got to give Wesley Matthews some credit. Uh, but realistically, Jalen Brown's kind of been given a little bit more leeway and we've seen him take advantage of it tonight. Obviously didn't take as many shots, but I'm expecting Jalen Brown to come out firing on all cylinders. I think both of them get 30 plus. And when they both get 30-plus, they're virtually unstoppable. Uh, so that's like what to, I'm looking for. I would like for. to see a 35-25 uh, and, I don't know, 20 from Al, Tatum, and Jalen. Yeah. 
I'd hey, be okay I, with I'm that. for and it. Like, the thing is, number one, I guess a most underlooked point, do not let it get down to below 10 with five to go. Yeah. I, I yeah. know it's crazy, but, like, man, you it's it, the true fact of this Celtics team, the Achilles heel, the Icarus flying to the sun with the wax wings of this team if it's below 10 with five to go we will lose it's just yeah i mean clutch time has been it's been tough we're, we're lucky we got that amazing tatum put back on the nets i mean really we we should have lost they should have it would have been a gentleman's sweep you know yeah. and 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 who knows even that like that could have been enough to derail us i mean it's so weird with the DNA of this team and like you look at the Raptors series when OG Ananobi hit that three over Taco Fall inbounds play. I mean, the team was crushed. It was crushed and it went to seven games. Yeah. Uh, this team has been there. It looks like they've been there, but they've got the backbone of Ime. Ime is sitting there literally with the cattle prod get back in there you know like he's literally like getting them going like get back in there i don't want to see crying i don't want to see you guys falling on the floor get back in there like he's not like brad brad was like keep playing through it you keep playing through it good things will happen you know that was always brad he made like hey move the ball do what you he's not like he's not like doc rivers all right guys guys I, I like the way Ime has has changed this team. Like, seriously, he's very much the guy that – and this is a similar pop culture, I guess. He's very much the guy, if he sees something going wrong, he'll call a timeout regardless of how much time is left, regardless of where you are in what quarter. He'll call a timeout and try to fix it. Even if it's 15 seconds into a quarter, because we've seen it happen – like he'll call a timeout and try to get things on track. He's like, I, I don't, I don't like where you were defensively. Let's fix it. And that's something that I think that the Celtics team needs. So I'm all for it. If that's what, if that's what Ime needs to do, keep doing it. But I mean, all of that, all of that stuff is going to come in huge come game seven, because this is, you were playing against the the reigning champs. Like they're not slouches. This is still Giannis, who's probably the best player in the M- NBA. Like seriously, like you've got to you've got to give him respect. He, as, much, as annoying as he is to play against, he's annoying because he's good. Yeah. Like if he sucked, and, no one would care. And it's it's the truth. Like it's kind of weird because they keep talking about the. Bud and Ime school of Greg Popovich, right? Bud seems to be the more bad parts of of Greg Popovich. Mid range everything, drop coverage in in the paint, like all the all the like ugly things that you don't like the Spurs to do. You know, like the drop coverage under the rim, build a wall, and then they can just put up a bunch of threes, and that. That is so old school thinking, like, don't cover the perimeter. Every team covers the perimeter. You know what I mean? Like, it's surprising to me that the Bucks have yet to change that, right? And that's, but, can I just say, Bud always looks like he has 
antacid problems and he's a tums like literally on the sideline he always looks <laughs> like he needs one i don't know about that but sure but i i'm just saying like bud just he's kind of like yeah he's from the school of pop but he's kind of like the school of pop but like the stuff about the spurs that has kind of made the spurs outdated well, I mean, he's me he's spurs. playing the defense that he's given. Like he's playing his players. Like when you have yeah. when you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez, chances are you're going to be around the rim more. Like you're not going to be out. Brooke Lopez is a great rim protector, but he's not someone that has fast feet. He's not going to be guarding anyone on the perimeter. So I get it. Like he's playing the defense that best suits his guys. And, and and that's kind of where I think, like, Ime's kind of the best things about Greg Popovich's style. The gritty defense, the more modern, take the mid-range and drive to the basket if you got it, but move it on the perimeter. Keep moving the ball. Keep moving the ball. But Ime never settled into the mid-range stuff. He's very much either drive and kick or drive to the basket. The high The high percentage stuff. I guess you could call that the... Brad Stevens style, yeah, and it's really it's really interesting. I would love to know, maybe if we win a chip this year, there's going to be the, you know, the behind the scenes where they talk about Eme coming in like not understanding when we were 500, you know, like little yeah. things, and Brad goes, well, this is what I did, you know, old graham cracker Brad, this is what I did, and and you know, I'm just imagining like the two minds coming together, Brad Stevens' style with Greg Popovich knowledge coming together. And that's what we see in front of us. If we're being honest, like Brad Stevens, the best part of Brad Stevens' style was the ball movement on the perimeter. Yeah. And then you mix that with the Greg Popovich gritty defense switching. I mean, you see it. It's right there in front of you. And that's why I think like in the last three months we became, I mean, almost undefeatable. Yeah, they've been they've been playing. I mean, they're the hottest team in the NBA. It is, and it's been fun. It's been a blast to watch as a Celtics fan. But there's a there's a lot of work to do in Game Seven. It's gonna be a fun one. Game Seven at the Garden Sunday uh, at three thirty. Uh, if you're in the Boston area, which listen, I know you're not. Uh, coverage begins at two thirty. Have a good night, Celtics fans. Basketball, I appreciate you hopping on the pod, my man. Thank you for the invite as always. I love it. Let's Absolutely. go Celtics. Celtics and seven. Let's go. Let's close this out. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Celtics fans. We will talk to you soon. Yeah. You couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics?